Today is Monday, September the 26th, 2022. It's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. On today's show, I break down what happened over the weekend as the Gamecocks take down the Charlotte 49ers by a final score of 56 to 20. Guys, I'll give you all a full breakdown and my takeaways from what was a fun night at williams Bryce Stadium. I also look back on my biggest takeaway from the game. We'll also hand out game balls, talk slap big of the weekend, and we'll hand out the weekly Cock Commander MVP award as well. Also, we've got your listener questions, voicemails. We've got a packed show for you here on this Monday. And of course, as always, it's brought to you by our friends over at Red Fox Roofing. Guys, Red Fox Roofing is a family-owned and operated residential roofing company born and raised in the Carolinas. They're proud South Carolina Gamecock fans, servicing the local Columbia, Charleston, and most of the surrounding areas. They offer free inspections for storm damage, free same-day estimates for full roof replacements, and roof certifications for people getting ready to sell their homes. Also, they know how important shingle quality is when it comes to your roof. That's why they use Atlas Shingles, which is the only shingle manufacturer on the market who's partnered with 3M and has a Scotch Guard protection on their shingles. They offer a lifetime algae resistant warranty that your roof will never have those ugly black streaks from algae buildup. Now, when it comes to the best possible pricing, they've got you covered there as well. Red Fox Roofing is willing to beat any written estimate and allows financing as well. They service every home as if it was theirs, and their attention to detail and customer service is truly what sets them apart, guys. Simply put, they always leave it better than they found it. Give them a call today at 843-364-3023. That's 843-364-3023 for all of your roofing needs. You can also find them on Facebook at Red Fox Roofing, or if you have any questions, go to their website at redfoxroof.com. That's redfoxroof.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's get it! For the first time in what feels like a long time, Victory Monday is upon us. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, happy Monday, and I hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up as always. We have got a packed show and a lot to get into, and what you'll notice, at least for the first half of this week, is yours truly is doing the show remotely i am on the road taking in some of the sights some of the scenes taking in nature this week if you will you know one of the things i always try to push myself to do and one of the reasons why i've moved around a bit if you will is to broaden my horizons and and get out of the studio you know at times i feel like i get kind of cooped up in the studio and i could just stay in there forever and work and work and work and grind and grind and grind and i love it for sure but the beautiful thing about doing a podcast and having having a business like we have and and uh you know 
players being able to do things remotely on the road. So that is what we're doing this week. So if you watch the Daily Crow, you see a lot of the content, stuff like that. We will be on the road this week. We'll not have the normal setup, but it is the same TSUS. It is the same C Philly here on this Monday as we're talking Gamecocks football and a big victory on Saturday night as the Gamecocks take down Charlotte 56 to 20. Again, guys, I want to say this. Thank you all so much for the love and support felt over the weekend, man. The TSUS tailgate just continues to be a massive success. We sold a ton of merch, towels, koozies, and I'll tell you, man, it's crazy. In regards to the towels, right, all the merchandise, but the towels especially, you know, I had the idea over the summer, hey, towels are a staple of game day, and I thought we could put some really cool messaging and some cool print on some towels and and, and give fans an option, right? Because you can get free towels at Williams-Brice Stadium, but I thought, you know what? Here's an option that is unique. It's not just your your generic, what USC gives you or whatever. Just give folks an option to have a unique towel that they can carry with them all season long. And it's not something that I, I did because of, a, you know, I, oh, this is a great money-making venture or anything like that. It's, it's anything lucrative. It was just something where I feel like this will be a value add to Gamecock fans and a value add for those who already like our merchandise, right? But I tell you, the, the reception and, and just the, the outpouring of support and the love ha- has been – I mean, I almost having trouble putting it into words, guys, of, of how incredible it has been, man. The, the, the Beamer Ball towels being on the Jumbotron at Williams-Brice Stadium, the Beamer Ball towels being on the ESPN broadcast, basically every single home game this football season thus far, and I'd imagine that will most likely continue. I just want to say thank y'all, man, for rocking with it. Truly, thank y'all so much for the love, for the support, man. Just the fact that, again, not just that – Y'all are consuming the content and buying the merch, which is obviously what I'm referencing. It's not even just that you guys are buying the merch, but folks who are buying and supporting and showing love are are showing love by repping it, right? That are they're showing it to the cameras and showing it to different people across the tailgates and and stuff like that, man. So I just want to say thank y'all so much. I, I, I we we see it, we feel it. Um, it means the world and. You know, it's obviously Beamer Ball to the moon, TSUS to the moon, and it's just crazy, man. I I just want to make sure I take time to say thank you. Again, the TSUS tailgate was a massive success. Tons of people came by. We sold a ton of merch. We were able to hang out with a bunch of great Gamecocks, meet you all in person, shake you guys' hand. You know, I tell you all the time, and I mean it, that I still value the power of a handshake and value the power of seeing somebody face-to-face and and expressing gratitude face-to-face, right, not just in DMs, not just on social media. But uh, I, I tell you, man, again, as I told you all before, there's things along this journey that you can't predict, right, that you can't script it, you can't even see it coming. It's it's hard to even dream that big. And the fact that our merchandise is on the Jumbotron at Williams-Brice Stadium, the fact that our merchandise is on the ESPN broadcast, I mean, it is just a blessing beyond words, man. And that, that's the best way I can put it, just purely a blessing. Um, I know it's a result, obviously, of hard work and pushing value and, and – uh, the grind, if you will, but I, I just I just can't say thank you guys enough, man. It's and when you really stop and you really think about it and think about where we've been, where we are, and where we're going, it's uh it's hard not to get a little bit of emotional about it. And you know, it, it's funny, man. I, I we talk gamecocks on these podcasts. I'm really not trying to go on some crazy rant though, even though I am, but um, you know, we spend these podcasts obviously talking gamecocks and that's the subject matter and and uh, you know, obviously that that's what we all love and adore. But man, I I feel like I could just spend every show just saying thank you to you guys. I, I mean, really, truly, because that's how grateful I am. And it's when you think about the journey and where we are, like I said, it's it's just really, really cool. And again, seeing all the Beamer Ball merchandise and the Beamer Rattler and seeing people rocking the merch across game day and and showing love on social media and tagging us. And then again, like I said, you know, I get texts during the game. Hey, just saw Beamer ball on the Jumbotron. There's somebody in front of me wearing a, wearing a TSUS shirt. And then, you know, at the end of the game, you got my, my buddy, I, I forget his name. I apologize, but repping the Beamer ball towel on the ESPNU broadcast. It, it's just, it, it, it's, it's wild, man. It, it's wild. It's wild. And it's, it, it's such a blessing to see, man. And we're just getting started. And I just, again, want to say thank y'all so much and express that gratitude. So with that being said, uh, guys, quick reminder on the note of the TSUS tailgate and merchandise, all that good stuff. The TSUS tailgate will return this weekend from Seawell, same exact spot, spot 78, um, which if you're looking at Seawells from the road, the main Seawells building. I know there's a grass lot. I'm talking about the main Seawells building, which is across the street from the rocket. If you're looking at the main Seawells building to the left of the building, that is where we are. We will be out there for the South Carolina State game, start 78. Uh, kickoff, or of course, SC State is at noon. So I'm planning on being at the tailgate spot 
probably between eight and nine, something like that. I'm going to try to be there as close to eight as possible. I will be coming out of the game with a few of my friends. So kind of determines uh, or kind of depends on what time we get in. But uh, looking forward to being out there. The TSUS tailgating and guys is returning. We will have the towels for sale, koozies for sale. Uh, we'll have koozies to give away. We'll have the Beamer Ball stickers to give away. Still, still have tons of those left. Uh, and again, guys, thank you all so much for those who continue to stop by and show love and show support and buy the merch and um, it's just really cool, man, what this business is becoming and what it has become really and and what game day has become for yours truly. And it's, it's just a blast, man, truly. The joys in the journey, and I, I'm having a, a blast every single step of the way. So I appreciate y'all and excited to get back out to Sea Wells for the TSUS tailgate this week. And that's being said, though, let's talk. It is Victory Monday as the Gamecocks took down Charlotte 56-20 to on Saturday night under the lights at Williams-Brice Stadium. I'll say you this, first things first. Right, we didn't spend a ton of time talking about it last week because you know we were so irked by the final result of the game and and that was more the focus. But I will say this, kudos to Gamecock Nation, man, for packing out williams Bryce Stadium because I tell you this, we saw it all late last week, the sellout, the announcement of the sellout. Selling out for the season opener against Georgia State, that's one thing. Selling out against Georgia is another. But selling out against Charlotte in game four and actually packing it out and seeing a Pat Williams-Brice Stadium and the environment that was in pregame and all throughout the game, kudos to Gamecock Nation. In a day and age where it's so hard to sell out, and in a day and age, you know, I've talked about it on the Daily Crow before, I've talked about it on these airways before, there's so many reasons not to go to games. And the fact that Gamecock Nation, week after week after week, continues to show up and show out and pack the stadium, kudos to all of you tuned in that went to the game that showed love that showed support uh i think gamecock nation most certainly here let's give a little golf clap here for gamecock nation gamecock nation deserves a pat on the back for creating that environment and what was a very interesting night right at williams bryce stadium because you look at this ball game a tale of two halves as we dive into it gamecocks were up just 20 to 14 at halftime outscore charlotte 36 to 6 in the second half. And guys, I, I will say this as we get going in this thing. You all know me, and, and one of the reasons, or one of the main main reasons I would say a lot of you tune in and love this show is because I'm not going to sugarcoat anything, and uh, I, I keep things very real. Um, but I will say this. I, I will say this. I think it's important to be able to see both sides and try to navigate in the middle as much as possible, right? You don't want to be overly sunshine pumping and just, oh, everything's great and everything's perfect, right? That, that, that gets nauseating after a while, not just in sports, but in any walk of life. But you also don't want to be pessimistic, you know, Debbie Downer, doom and gloom. Nobody likes that either. So it's important to try to navigate in the middle. With that being said, I'm going to dive into all my thoughts, and you guys are going to hear both sides in this show. But I'll say this. Over the course of a football season, right, especially when you're a team like South Carolina, most everyone picked this team to go between 6-6 six and six and 8-4, and four, right? So damn near winning and losing about 50% of your games, give or take. And after a game like this, you cover the spread. I was actually very close, by the way, with my lead pipe lock of the week. Pat myself on the back for that one. But a game in which you cover the spread, Right, You win by 36 points on your home field. You have some fantastic individual performances, which we're going to get into in just a second. You can come out of a game like this against Charlotte, and you can nitpick, and you can be negative, and you can be doom and gloom. I've seen it all across social media, right? which I just think I'll get there in a second. But you can be that way. And then you can also be like I mentioned, the sunshine plumbing. Oh, we're, you know, 10 and 2 is back on. We're back. Or you can be in the middle, which is where I'm going to be. I will just say this, though, right? While you're being critical, and I, I'm not necessarily telling people how to think. I, I'm just, I guess I'm just putting this out there, right? I would just say enjoy the victories and, and celebrate the victories no matter how big and how small they are, right? Because what the numbers say and what the odds say is that you're going to probably win and lose 50% of your games, right? About give or take one or two. And so we all know it's guaranteed in defeat. We're going to be miserable, right? We're going to be irked. We're going to be unsettled. So why not in victories? No, you can choose to be happy about a win, right? You, you can choose to be, you know what? Maybe things aren't perfect. There are still issues, but you know what? 
I'm going to enjoy the wins where I can get them. And to some of you, you may listen to that and say, oh my God, this is just such a sad way of looking at things. And I promise you, you're about to get a very real take on that game Saturday night from yours truly. All I'm saying though, guys, is celebrate the victories as they come, right? Don't, don't be so, don't have your sights, your expectations set so high, right? Looking around you at what other teams are doing or the fan bases are doing. Don't let that deter you from the fact that the fun is still in the winning, right? I'm not telling you how to think. You can operate in whatever way you want to operate. I'm just giving you my insight and my perspective because I can tell you what, I'm going to keep it very real. I'm going to keep it a buck. It's the only way I know how to be. But I'm not going to be a miserable SOB all week this week, right? Let's recognize the positives. Let's recognize the pros. Let's also be very realistic about the issues that we still face. And I promise you will get both from me. That is my promise to you forever and ever. Amen. On the positive side of things, right? You look at this game, and we looked at it as a feel-good game. This is a game for everybody to get right and have some positive emotion, positive feelings. What can you really take away from a game against a Charlotte team that fields the worst defense in all of college football and is just one of the worst teams in all of college football? Let's just call it for what it is. Um, You did what you were supposed to do, especially in that second half. You know, that second half, I saw a team that responded the right way. Obviously, you get the ground game going. What, you rushed for – 295 yards on the ground. You averaged 7.4 yards per carry. You had the fantastic individual effort of Marshawn Lloyd, 15 carries, 169 yards and three touchdowns. You had a couple other backs get some action and go off. Juju McDowell, Christian Beal Smith. Um, You know, overall, the way you played in that second half, I thought you showed a lot of guts, a lot of determination, because I'll tell you guys this, I ain't going to lie to you, at halftime, I was starting to sweat. I didn't know what to think it happened. I was like, my God, this could be a very, very, very long season, and we might be in a fight with the Charlotte 49ers. Whatever was said at halftime, whatever adjustments were made, let's start saying that all throughout the week, right? Because I saw a football team that was on the attack. I saw a football team that played, it felt like almost with a different type of confidence and a different type of swagger, right? And and you saw that defense, the defensive line, the secondary really attacking and getting after Charlotte and getting in the face of the quarterback, and that's where you saw the turnovers. Now, what you hope from a game like this, right, is you're able to take those positives away. If nothing else, build on that confidence. Build on those positives that happen. Hey, what you hope for on the defense is you're getting those turnovers in bunches, right? You hope that those continue because that's what you're going to need as you get back into SEC play, right? You got one more of these games upcoming this weekend against SC State. It'll probably go pretty similar. You'll be able to do whatever you want, but you hope on the defensive side, right, that those turnovers will come in bunches. And that's something that I don't even really know if you can say, well, we found something with turnovers. It's just kind of, guys, I mean, being right place, right time and and creating pressure, right, And, and making the opponent crack under said pressure. Right, I thought the offensive line played really well. I, I thought the Gamecocks, again, were able. They looked like an SEC team, especially in that second half, an SEC team going up against a Charlotte 49er squad. That's what you were supposed to do. That's how you were supposed to look. You score 56 points. You hang the 50-burger, right? You overcome a slow start yet again, and you get the big win. With all that being said, right, with all that being said, and you look at the way the game went, again, guys, like I said, I'm I'm not going to beat a dead horse this week, and I'm not going to be overly critical. I'm happy to be sitting here on this Monday after a victory and a game again in which you win by 36 points and you drop 56, and a lot of positives happened, uh, you know, and I'll get into my biggest takeaways and, and all that good stuff. And, you know, a lot of good came from this game. But there are still issues with this football team, no doubt. And again, it was a game you expected to win. You knew you were going to win. I leave this football game feeling no better about the passing game. And and that is my biggest gripe, and I'm going to nitpick how the game went. You look at Spencer Rattler, 17 of 23, 187 yards. No touchdowns, no picks also. He protected the football, right? But when you're sitting there watching the game and the ESPNU crew 
is referring to your quarterback, this hot shot from Oklahoma, as a game manager. I mean, that is something I never thought I was going to hear about Spencer Rattler this season. And so I, I understand that the game plan was, hey, take advantage of your size and, and and bully Charlotte. And you did that. And again, kudos. What you hope is you're able to build confidence, right, and carry that over. Because if your offensive line can play anything remotely like that in SEC play, well, you're going to have a lot of success and you're going to win a lot of football games, right? But I just, I, I left that game wanting more from the passing game, especially vertically. And it was shocking to me that when Luke Doty came in, that's when they decided to go down the field, right? Take the deep shot to Corey Rucker and try to stretch the field. I just don't understand why the offense is so boring, right? And it comes back to Marcus Satterfield. And you know what's crazy, guys? Marcus Satterfield told us who he was a couple of weeks ago. And we didn't want to believe it. We thought it was a smoke screen going to Georgia. At least I thought maybe that's what it was. But Marcus Satterfield told us who he was weeks ago when he said, my identity or what I want the identity to be, my ideal offense is line up in 12 or 13 personnel, run for 275, and pass for 220, right? And we talked about that all week long after he made those comments. And many folks out there, fans, people that do this for a living, people that cover this team full-time, they were extremely skeptical of those comments. I thought, well, certainly he can't be serious. You know, maybe he, you know, he, he's just trying to throw a smoke screen to Georgia. Look at this ball game, guys. Look at this ball game. 295 yards on the ground, 40 rushing attempts to 26 passing attempts, 295 rushing to 250 passing, and your starting quarterback, Spencer Rattler, only had 187 yards. Listen, I, 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 you, you can't – it's almost like Georgia State, right? You can't necessarily draw conclusions from this game because I don't really know that I leave this football game – feeling much different about this football team, if you want my honest opinion, because it's so crazy. And like I said, guys, it's important to toe the middle, right? It's very important to toe the middle and not be, you know, over the moon optimistic because you beat the freaking Charlotte 49ers, but you also don't want to be all negative. And that's kind of how this game went, right? You look at the first half and you look at the second half. I mean, it was a tale of two halves. It was like two different games in this one. Side note. I don't know what this staff has to do to stop these slow starts, but something, something has to happen, right? Something has got to give. The Gamecocks now, guys, in case you did not see this on social media, I posted it, through four games, the Gamecocks have been outscored 28-6 to six in, the, in the first quarter. And the Gamecocks also have not scored a touchdown in the first quarter. I mean, that is something, it, it's it, it, it's beyond just a one game, oh man, we got off to a slow start. This is becoming a characteristic of Shane Beamer's football team. We saw this last year too, and now it's carried over into this second season. I don't know, It's it's got, here's the thing, it's got to be mental. It really has to be mental. I don't understand how South Carolina can come out week after week after week and look so unprepared early. And so I don't want to say unmotivated. I don't want to question the inspiration or the want to or the get after to the football team. But it has to be mental because when you see what you did in the second half and what you were able to do in the second half, right, you're capable of doing that for four consecutive quarters. So it's not a physical mistake. It's a mental mistake. I don't know what has to change with the mentality. I don't know if that's with Beamer. I don't know if that's with the coordinators. I don't know if that's with the players. I don't know necessarily who exactly is default, but that's got to get fixed. Because as we all know, you ain't going to make a living in the SEC getting outscored 28-6 to in the first quarter to start the game. Because most, hey, most SEC teams, they get you down early, and you saw against Arkansas, you saw against Georgia, they're going to put their foot on your throat and you're not going to be able to come up for air. So that's got to get fixed, right? And again, am I nitpicking in a 56-20 to 20 win over Charlotte? Maybe so, but you have to do a little bit of nitpicking, guys, in games like this. Because my biggest concern moving forward, and maybe you go into SC State and you throw the ball 50 times and we're having a completely different conversation this time next week, right? Maybe the plan coming in these two games was we're going to go run heavy against Charlotte, we're going to go pass heavy against SC State. But I think focusing on the pass, guys, it needs to be the focus going into the game this weekend. Because 
I got to say, and I got to admit right now, and I got nothing but love for the dude, obviously, but I'm calling it as I see it. I cannot help but feel extremely underwhelmed with what I've seen thus far from Spencer Rattler. And I'm not sitting here calling him a bust. I'm not sitting here putting him down and nothing of the sort. Is it Marcus Satterfield's fault? That's up for debate. But I just cannot believe we sit here through four games and we're talking about a guy that has two touchdowns and five interceptions. Guys, there ain't a quarterback on our roster that couldn't be sitting having the exact same statistics as Spencer Rattler has right now. And that's just something I didn't expect. That is something that is really, really shocking to me. And, hey, again, maybe they go pass-heavy this weekend and he throws for 400 and he gets it going and we see a completely different guy in the second half of this season. But I I just feel like these two games, and one's already in the books now against Charlotte and SC State, these are opportunities to get your quarterback going. And you know, you know that you're going to need him down the the stretch to play above average football if you're going to get certainly to seven or eight wins. You are going to need him. There's It's not up for debate. It's not up for discussion. And so I'm just a little surprised that they did not give Spencer Rattler more downfield opportunities to get the passing game going and for him to build confidence in this football game. You know, it's great the run game got going. And, guys, my biggest takeaway, just diving into that, my biggest takeaway from Saturday night is Marshawn Lloyd is him. Marshawn Lloyd is him. If he gets blocking, just a little bit of blocking. We saw what Marshawn Lloyd can do. This man is healthy. This man is everything he was advertised to be on the recruiting trail. Kudos to Marshawn Lloyd. I mean, that was fun to watch. That hurdle run, that might be the run of the college football season. And the other run he had where he just stiff-armed the guy off of him, I mean, it was like watching Marcus Lattimore back there. I'm not trying to make unfair comparisons, but it was a Marcus Lattimore-esque performance. I mean, averaging over 11 yards per carry in that football game. Absolutely unreal. And you feel like leaving that game now, you're like, we really got something with this dude. We really got something with Marshawn Lloyd. Again, your offensive line, that was a confidence-building type of football game. You were able to get some backups in the game as well. Your defense, again, a lot of positives to take away. Your defense, second half, you saw the D-line sort of take over the football game. Secondary came to their own. Young guys making plays. A guy like DQ Smith with the interception. Um, You know, you saw guys making plays, being aggressive, the turnovers. There were positives that came from this football game. But on the flip side, guys, as we all know, This season was never about beating Charlotte. This season was never about beating South Carolina State. This season was never about beating Georgia State. This season's about beating Kentucky, Tennessee, Florida, Clemson, Georgia, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Texas A&M. The list goes on and on. And you just, we know. Let's just call it for what it is. We know unless things change drastically and we are proven differently in Lexington, Kentucky in a few weeks, You're going to need Spencer Rattler in that passing game to make plays. And so while on the scoreboard, most certainly it was a successful night and it was a successful football game, right? And I'm not going to, again, sit sit here all week just being miserable. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm just unhappy. I just can't be happy with a win. I'm happy with the victory, guys. I am. I don't even feel remotely how I felt after the Georgia State game, right? When I was, you know, it almost felt like a win, but it was a loss. That's how it felt, right? I'm not there. But I just know that these are opportunities to get guys like Antoine Wells, Jaheim Bell, God forbid, right, to get these guys going. And I'm just surprised we didn't see more of them, right? Antoine Wells, just two catches for 27 yards. Austin Stogner, two for 17. Jaheim Bell, two for nine. And and I understand, right, I saw a lot of fans commenting, well, you know, it's because we ran the ball. That should be our identity. But y'all know as well as I do, y'all know as well as I do, we are not going to be able to run the football like we did against Charlotte. You know, it almost kind of reminds me, guys, of when people tell bullies, hey, pick on somebody your own size, right? It's like the eighth grader picking on the fifth grader. Well, no, duh we were able to push Charlotte around. Well, no, duh, we were able to move them around and run the football at will. I tell you guys, again, J.C. Sherbert, who I have on my show every single Thursday, he made the point, and my God, did it stand true on Saturday night. 
when he said that if you look at Marcus Satterfield's offense, you look at his play calling and his history as South Carolina's play caller and the history of the offense under his leadership, in games in which the Gamecocks can run the football extremely well and run it at will, they have a lot of success. You look back at Auburn, you look back at Florida, you look back at UNC in the bowl game, and now you look at this game. They have a lot of success. But in games in which they can't run the ball at will, they look lost. They look absolutely lost. And so that's why I sit here on this Monday. Again, extremely happy with the win, but but I just feel it would do us a lot of good to try to expand the playbook a little bit, open the playbook even more, be creative. You're just not going to be able to run up the gut against Kentucky, Texas A&M, Tennessee, Florida. And, and my concern is, guys, if you cannot stretch the field, if you cannot work in the vertical passing game against Charlotte and SC State, and maybe, again, SC State, you throw it 50 times, you throw for 400, and we're having a totally different combo, and you're able to build confidence in that side of the game. Maybe we're having a different conversation. But if you don't, and if you don't show the ability to do so, how, how does that bode well for you going down the stretch in games in which, again, Spencer Rattler, you're going to need, going on the road, above-average quarterback play. You are. And like I told you guys earlier, it, it's not a slight against the kid. Hey, I'm still Beamer Rattler 22. This is a long season, and I think he could still break out. We know he's got the ability. We know he's got the potential. But anybody who says they aren't underwhelmed at this point with his performance, they're lying to you. Or they haven't watched the same thing that we've watched. And again, is that all his fault? Is it Marcus Satterfield? I mean, guys, nobody can debate that the play calling is just brutally boring. It's just boring. I mean, I've never seen a football team throw so many swing passes. I've never seen it in my life. I I've never seen a football team that is so unwilling to go down the field over the middle. I, I just, I've never seen it. Okay? But with that being said, hey, you saw a weakness or you saw an opportunity where you could win this football game. You knew you could shove Charlotte around and you took advantage of it. Kudos. Again, I don't want to sit here and beat a dead horse and be negative, negative, negative. That's what, not what I'm trying to do here, right? That's not what I'm trying to do. But I come from a place of these games in the, in the short term, just looking at them for, from the scope of just this game against Charlotte, fantastic game. Fantastic game, and it's a game, guys. We should applaud the Gamecocks and, and and feel good as fans, right? As people have that have no control, we should feel good about it. Our team won the football game, covered the spread, scored a lot of points. We should feel good. But when you look at it from a scope again, guys, of what you're really using a game like Charlotte for is to build for the rest of the season. That's what you're using a game on Saturday, like against SC State, for is to build for the rest. of of the season, right? I, I hate to reference this because we hate them, right? I hate to reference this, but you know what it reminds me of? You guys probably recall when Dabo Sweeney benched Kelly Bryant to put in Trevor Lawrence, right? And they were winning. Kelly Bryant was winning. I think they were undefeated at the time, right? So why did they do it? Because it wasn't about beating Syracuse. It wasn't about beating Duke. It wasn't about beating whatever non-conference teams they played. It was about beating Alabama, right? And so what you're doing in these games against Charlotte and SC State and, and finding yourself as a football team and establishing your identity, what's your DNA, right? It's not about just beating Charlotte. I mean, great, good job in the interim, but it's not just about beating Charlotte. It's about building on something to beat a Kentucky, to beat a Texas A&M to beat a Tennessee, to beat a Florida. And, and what I fear is, and I hope that makes sense to you all, what I fear is, and I hope against SC State, again, this is the focus and we do this, you know, if you go through SC State and you, you run for 300 again, and that's great. What have you proven other than you can pick on somebody who's not as big as you? You can pick on the fifth grader when you're in ninth grade. Who gives a damn? What do you do? when you have to pick on somebody your own size. So that's where I come from. Again, great win. It was great to see. And it was one that we needed, right? This fan base needed it. Uh, Gamecocks football needed it. This locker needed it. Everybody associated with the Gamecocks after a really tough start. And again, maybe you can pull the confidence, because that's what it's all about, right? Maybe they have a completely different game plan moving forward. But this was a game in which I thought Marcus Satterfield stuck to his guns. He wants to be a 270 on the ground, 220 pass. That's exactly what he did. 
And Shane Bieber reinforced it in the postgame. We wanted to run it 40 times. We ran it exactly 40 times. Again, I'm not trying to sit here and be, you know, oh, Chris is just, God, he's so negative. He's unsatisfied. No, I'm, I'm happy with the victory. I am, right? But is it a Band-Aid on a bigger problem? Is it a Band-Aid? Like, like, are you building to when you get back in the SEC play, right? You're not going to be able to run the ball for 295 yards. Guys, I don't give a damn what you say. I don't give a damn how jolly and garnet glasses you want to be. You're not going to be able to do so. I will say this. The fact that you were able to score with the starters in there, you basically scored on every single offensive drive, kudos. That was a positive, right? That was a positive that you were able to do that. Again, it's all mental building confidence. I think that is the most positive takeaway, is that this football team is able to feel good about something. But I just hope moving forward that the passing game is the focus on the offensive side. Other than that, again, it was a great night. I mean, it was a great night. Offensive line looked great. I hope they can build confidence and um, – you know, I, I hope that they can, you know, build off that. We feel like this is an offensive line that is capable, right, of moving people around. And we saw what they did in 2020. And a lot of guys in this line have played good football. And for whatever reason, it hasn't gelled. Um, but I really would like to see the passing game going. I, I want to see Spencer Rattler get going because I just know we're going to need him down the stretch. Because, guys, I'll be totally honest with you. If the plan is to have, if, if the plan in this offense is to have the quarterback just throw it 20 times and, you know, the ESPNU folks are calling Spencer Rattler a game manager. If the goal is just to have a game manager, then I don't even know why you went out and got Spencer Rattler because Luke Doty could be doing exactly what Spencer Rattler's doing. And this is certainly not me sitting here saying, oh, you know, bench Rattler put Doty in. No, no, no. I'm, a, I'm frustrated because I don't feel like we're using Rattler to his utmost capability you know and and is it is a lot of it on rattler is he is he gun shy are there plays there and he's not pulling the trigger going down the field i don't know necessarily right but when i heard that that game manager quote god i wanted to vomit i wanted to puke right so again with that being said guys all in all a fun night a positive night you're able to take away positives especially that second half but I think the biggest focus is this week, get off to better starts and get the passing game going, right? You got too many playmakers on the outside with Van and Wells and Bell that you, you feel like are becoming kind of forgotten guys because you're not really pitching the ball around the yard a whole lot. Those are guys that need to get going because you're going to need them down the stretch. You're going to need them down the stretch. Other than that, guys, great win. Again, my biggest takeaway, Marshawn Lloyd is him. Marshawn Lloyd is that dude. You know, we saw the talent shine. We saw it happen. Um, just fantastic, man. I tell you what, you have to be happy for a guy like Marshawn Lloyd, too, man, who's battled through the injuries and everything he's gone through and dealt with. And you just love to see it. You love to see that for him. And, man, he showed an explosiveness. He showed a burst that I don't think we've seen at this point. And, you know, again, you hope for a guy like that. That confidence carries over. And really, again, for this entire run game. They can look back at the Charlotte game and say, you know what, maybe it wasn't an SEC opponent, but we can do it. We can do it. We've had success. Again, I've told you guys before, right, as an athlete, it's kind of a chicken or egg conversation because you need confidence to be successful. But it takes some success, right, to have confidence. Like, you're never going to have confidence if you never see some bit of success in what you're doing. Eventually, you'll get discouraged and you'll quit. So the fact that this football team was really able to see positives happening on the field could be a huge confidence boost for this group and it could spell big things down the road especially for a guy like Marshawn Lloyd who I believe his best football is undoubtedly in front of him guys let's hand out some TSUS game balls we're going to start Corey Rucker welcome to Gamecocks football his return from injury in a big way the big touchdown catch that he had I'm sitting here trying to pull up the statistics um, he had the one catch, but for 52 yards and a touchdown, hey, maybe he's a guy that can help you in the passing game. But I think what's just so ironic is that you go down the field and it's Luke Doty that's stretching the field. So I don't know. Either way, though, Corey Rucker gets a game ball. How about Brad Johnson with a big interception? I don't feel like we've called his name a ton this season, but all in all, a good game for Brad. Again, had the big pick in this one, set up a very short touchdown. Love to see Brad Johnson making plays for you. And then finally, DQ Smith. And I give him a game ball mainly because he had one earlier in the game. It gets taken away. 
How about DQ just taking it upon himself and saying, you know what? That one got taken away. I'm going to go get another one. I- I'm going to get another one. I ain't going to let the refs take it away from me. Also, I want to honorable mention Cam Smith because he also had an interception, had a good game. He continues to be a shutdown corner for you. Um, you know, it's funny, guys. I sit here talking about DQ Smith and Cam Smith and Brad Johnson. I feel like I was pretty kind about the defense in this sh- in this show thus far. I really do because that first half was brutal, right? What, Charlotte was seven for seven at one point on third down. Um I want to see more of what I saw in the second half going throughout, right? Moving forward, attacking, being aggressive. I think there's talent on that side, but you have to attack and you have to be aggressive. Want to see more of that. Again, hopefully this football team is able to carry from the second half and build on that. Let's talk slap dick of the weekend, guys. It's got to be the ESPNU broadcast. I mean, you look at the negative reaction on social media to that broadcast, and I was actually sitting out there watching it and – it was pretty tough. It was pretty tough. I mean, I've I've seen high school broadcasts with better uh, be- better quality, better production quality, if you will. So ESPNU, congratulations. You played yourself. You are the slapdicks of the weekend. Let's move into our weekly Cock Commander MVP award. And by the way, shout out to all the folks on Facebook who hate the name of this award. And if you want to laugh, guys, just wait until about Wednesday of this week or maybe even today you could see it. But you give it a couple of days, go to Facebook and look at the comments under the graphic of this award. I mean, it's just people freaking out. Like, this is an outrage. How dare you name this award this? How would he feel? I'm like, guys, it's a podcast MVP award. Like, are you really losing your shit over that? Either way, we're not changing the name. I'm just here to tell you, by the way, if you're somebody tuned in and you're hearing, I'm not changing the name, guys. So boo-hoo, get over it. I'm playing the world's smallest violin right now for you. So anyways, the Cock Commander MVP Award. And this one, guys, is a no-brainer. It goes to Marshawn Lloyd, 15 carries, 169 yards, and three touchdowns in the game on Saturday night. Again, guys, you look back at his game, I I mean, just everything you could have hoped for and more from Marshawn, uh, really showing you why he was so highly sought after in recruiting. And I think – he even exceeded the expectations that we all had for him. 11.3 yards per carry, by the way, on the ground. That hurdle touchdown, one of the best touchdown runs we've seen in quite some time. And again, it might be the touchdown run of the year in college football to this point. Marshawn Lloyd, hands down. I mean, it felt like for a while there, he was the offense. He was the Gamecocks, right? For quite some time. And a very well-deserved honor, man, for Marshawn Lloyd. Just what he did in that ball game. Incredible. The way he ran the football. And that, again, that's a huge positive for you moving forward, man. I want to see that against SC State. I want to see that in SEC play. But you see it. If he gets any type of blocking, if Marshawn Lloyd gets any type of blocking, this is a dude that can break it. We saw the explosiveness. We saw the athleticism, man. Kudos again to Marshawn Lloyd. It means so much, too, and it's so cool to see because we're talking about a dude, as we all know, that battled through the injuries and fought back from adversity. And So, man, you just love to see it. How can you not pull for a guy like that? So, again, Marshawn Lloyd, the winner of our Cock Commander MVP Award. So, guys, that's going to do it for my breakdown of the Charlotte game. We'll be talking about it all week long on the Daily Crow and all throughout the, the podcast and all the content and everything else. But I'd love to hear your thoughts. What Am I being – and I'm not even going to ask the question, am I being too harsh or critical? I really don't think I am because, like I told you guys at the top of the show, it's important to see both sides. Celebrate the wins, the successes, the victories, and really do celebrate them, by the way. Enjoy victory, the funds in the winning. Because I can tell you guys right now, I feel a lot better here on this Monday than I felt last Monday, right? Celebrate the wins. Celebrate the victories. Celebrate the successes. But also be willing to acknowledge the areas of concern still and try to navigate in the middle as much as you possibly can. That's what I do, and that's how I see it. And again, I feel like that's why you guys rock with this show. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on the game that took place on Saturday night. Gamecocks from the 2-2 two and two on the season, getting a big win over Charlotte. And hey, this week it feels good to be good and looking forward to getting back into Wiggins Price Stadium this weekend against SC State. Guys, before we wrap up, we're going to get into your listener questions and your voicemails. Uh, before we do, though, guys, of course, we talk gambling every single Wednesday. And on the note of gambling, I got to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks. Yes, Prize Picks. So many listeners, so many fans at TSUS have been winning money with Prize Picks this season. If you're not playing, you're missing out. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. Use the promo code TSUS at sign up to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game in the market focused around prop total entries. Here's how it works you pick two to five players, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry, guys. It's literally just you against 
The projection, Price Picks allows mixed sport entries. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron parlay with the under on Mahomes parlay with the over on Rattler. You can play college football, any college sports you can think of, NBA, NHL. Hey, MLB playoffs are coming up. Guys, any sport you can think of. And, of course, we love Price Picks for the college sport side of things. They've also got a slick, easy-to-use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play, and they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with Rave Reviews. Guys, that's our friends over at Price Picks. Go download the Price Picks app or the PricePicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. And again, we appreciate our friends over at Price Picks for the love and support of the show. All right, we're going to get out of here. Before we do, though, guys, let's get into your listener questions, your voicemails. We got a lot to get into. So we'll go ahead and kick this thing off. Hey, it's Bryson. Spur your enthusiasm. Um, overall, I was I was impressed with the team, but I have to say I'm very disappointed in Satterfield taking the safe route the entire game. It felt like he was afraid to air it out and play it safe. Obviously, we had the athletes to stick through that game and ultimately win it the way we did. And it's great that we did. We need to. We needed that. But overall, I, I was hoping to see a little bit more aggressiveness from Satterfield, and I felt like he took the safe route. And I'm, I'm, I'm still on the fire Satterfield boat. I, I hate to say that, but I am. Um, other than that, Marshawn, you looked great. Um, and uh, defense, way to step it up in the second half. But go Cox. And uh, we'll see what uh what happens from here. Gotta keep gotta keep turning on. <laughs> Bryson, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for the call. Thanks so much for the voicemail. And listen, I I think the way Bryson feels is the way that a lot of Gamecock fans feel. In the sense that listen, you're happy. That's what I've been saying all show. We're all happy about the win. We are. And and I'm happy the ground game got going. Again, my only thing is this, right? If you would have thrown for four hundred. I'm not, I wouldn't have been sitting here saying, well, you're going to carry that in every SEC game. You're going to throw the ball up and down the field and you're going to throw it over everybody. But at least it would have shown a positive sign of, oh, this is what these athletes can do, right? Right. Spencer Rattler is showing a comfortability and, and the ability to go down the field. Marcus Satterfield is showing a willingness to call aggressive play calling and go down the field, right? The problem with the 295 on the ground, the way you ran the football, and again, it's great, guys. It's just concerning because I think we all at this point are just convinced and feel like we're not going to be able to carry that over in the games against Kentucky and Texas A&M and Tennessee and Florida and Clemson and, and teams that have good defensive lines. Like, we have not shown that capability, right? So I will say, Bryson, I think you're spot on, man. I think, listen, if, uh, you know, your biggest gripe is that we were a bit conservative with the offensive play calling, but I mean, and again, in a night when you when you put up 56 points, you know, we, we are a bit nitpicking, but I guess that's what we do. All right, let's move to our next voicemail. Honestly, in the first half, we played like trash, but I mean, in the second half, we scored all the points. From what I've seen so far in the games, Rattler's trash. But I mean, he's a quarterback, so we got to deal with him. And then our our running backs are carrying this year. It was our special teams. Now it's more so our running backs. Scored 56 on Charlotte. Let them score 20 on us. So I'm pretty mad about that. But we got the W. That's all that matters. Oh, yeah, by the way, we're 0-2 in conference. That's pretty bad. But we played Georgia and Arkansas, so I can't be complaining. Well, I'm still a Gamecocks fan, but I like Coastal Carolina, too. Go Gamecocks and Champs. I appreciate the voicemail, my guy. Thank you so much. Uh, great stuff. I mean, listen, I, I'm uh, I don't think Spencer Rattler's trash. Um, whatever. I, I appreciate the call. Uh, that was at 11:56 p.m. on Saturday night, so maybe a little bit sauced. I don't know. Either, hey, either way, no. I appreciate your call. Appreciate the voicemail. Let's go to one final voicemail, and then we'll get into your uh, your listener questions. We'll wrap this thing up. One final voicemail. Go. Well said. That's it. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Get me fired up here on a Monday. Really, really good stuff. Uh, all right, cool. Let's dive into 
these questions. Let me get these pulled up really quickly. And like I said, we'll go ahead and wrap this thing up. Uh, Mike.Edward07, maybe complaining too much, but passing game needs to be better. Again, that is the number one or one of the top takeaways from the game. I don't think, Mike, you're complaining too much. Again, we can acknowledge all the positives that happen while also saying, you know, I just hope this week that's the focus. I hope the downfield passing game is the focus this week. Um, Krusty Andy, should I be excited about our rushing game or take it with a grain of salt? Honestly, I'd take it with a grain of salt. I I, I would. Because, again, you can pick on Charlotte and move around. I mean, we're talking the worst defense in college football, guys. So, it's a great confidence booster. It's awesome to have that to feel good about if you're our offensive lineman specifically themselves and the offense as a whole. But can you really carry that over in SEC play? I, I, I don't know that you can. Uh, Builder says, improvement, but Rattler's still non-existent. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that that's, again, that's that's one of my biggest disappointments. Like, I, I did not see Spencer Rattler being a game manager this year. And, and that's almost what he's turned into at this point. Uh, they call me cat says, love the way the team responded in the second half. Let's keep it rolling. Yeah. Build off that confidence, that momentum, carry that in the SC state, get off to a quicker start, please. Uh, T heel K mister says, what do you want to see out of the offense and defense in next week's game? I want to see an attacking defense. Number one. And it, I, I think I've said it all show. I want to see an offensive attack through the air. I, I want to see the aerial attack, man. Get Rattler going. How about build him some confidence? Cause where's he at mentally, right? Where's Spencer Rattler? Build some confidence for your quarterback. Finally, guys, L803 says too many turnovers and not quick hitting pass plays. Um, Yeah, I mean, again, uh, uh, things left to be desired in that football game. 36-point win. I'm happy. Things still to work on. Imperfect football team, but you are what you are right now. Guys, hey, appreciate the questions. Thank you all for the voicemails, and thank you all so much for being engaging, and thank you all so much for the love and support, guys. Like I said at the top of the show, over the weekend at the tailgate with the merchandise side of the business, the content, everything, guys. TDC rocking all week. The podcast rocking all week. All the content bleeding out the eyeballs. You already know the drill and excited for yet another week with you all. Guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your Monday, and we will talk to you on Wednesday. Wednesday.